When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's podcast is sponsored by the people at Aura.com. Now, Aura offers identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all in one easy-to-use app. This means that if your online accounts or passwords are leaked online, you'll be alerted quickly, which means that you can be secure from hackers, scammers, and noisy advertising companies. The narcissists are everywhere. Literally, a friend of mine signed up and Aura found his passwords nine times on the dark web. So go to Aura.com slash Dr. Carter. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash D-R Carter and use my link and you'll receive a free 14-day trial. And if you continue, then you'll be able to save an additional 40% off all plans. So thanks to the people at Aura.com for sponsoring this episode. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Surviving Narcissism podcast with your host, Dr. Les Carter. I'm Michaela, the program director, and in today's episode, Dr. Carter is joined by Dr. Jane McCartney to discuss sociopathic narcissists. We apologize if you hear some faint feedback in the background of this episode. The issue has been fixed and it won't happen in future episodes. Enjoy! Team Healthy. I'm so pleased to be with you here again today. And you know that from time to time, I bring in special guests for us to, to talk about uh, topics of interest that I think are pertinent to where you might be. And what I've done today is I've stretched all the way across the pond. And we're going to be talking with jo- Dr. Jane McCartney, who's in London, England. Uh, Dr. McCartney, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. And, and and by the way, just in case anybody wants to know, I, I asked if you're kin to Paul McCartney, and uh, you said yes, but not the Paul McCartney, right? I do. I have I have an uncle Paul, yes, but not yeah. not the Paul McCartney. Yeah, uh, the Beatles. Paul McCartney might be disappointed to know there's two of him out there. Uh, so, <laughs> so you're related to the other one. So it's it's kind of nice to know that. It is. Yes. No. It's it's been a question that I'm often asked. I, I can only imagine. So anyway, so uh, when I'm 64, I'm I'm past that, and and um, I'm glad he wrote that song. Will you still um, Will you still believe me or see me or whatever? Anyway, um, okay. So you uh, you you have a private practice there, and uh, you like to work with individuals who have character disorders or what we might refer to as personality disorders. Tell us a bit about the practice that you have and the interests that you speak into. So, uh, and by the way, you have a YouTube channel and Instagram presence and all of that. So talk to us I about do, the kind yes. of work you do and the people you work with. Okay. So I will often call myself um, like a general practitioner. I'm a general psychologist. So okay. people who walk through the door literally, and this could be somebody that has a very mild anxiety um, disorder or mood dis- dis- disorder, 
but I can also work with people that have personality disorders. Now, this could be often the most frequent personality disorder that I've seen over the years would be the borderline personality disorder, which has fairly recently been renamed as the emotionally unstable personality disorder, as you'd know. And people are often reaching out because they've got to a point in their life where it's just not working for them they've tried everything they've tried all the usual sort of like therapeutic techniques and they want to come to a place where they can explore just a little bit more often what has led to them displaying these certain types of personality traits now as you'll know this is can be a very genetic thing so a lot of these people will come from parents wider family members that have also displayed certain characteristics of these personality disorders so it can be kind of reinforced learnt behavior as well but it's come to a point where you know they might be losing their job they might be in for court appearances they might be having relationship constant relationship breakdowns and often and another type of person that I will see with a personality disorder are people that have addiction issues as well which is kind of go hand in hand with a lot of personality disorders you know, and you know, our audience is uh, is very interested. Obviously, we're called the surviving narcissism uh, community here. Uh, we're interested in uh, you know the whole topic of narcissism, and I know you've spoken with me about how you deal with individuals who then it, it kind of slides them and takes them into the sociopathic tendency. And by the way, yeah. that's kind of a a colloquial term that we use. Uh, there mm. there are other uh, uh, words that would be in the uh, official nomenclature, but the sociopathic. Uh, talk about your experience with uh, and what you see with narcissists and the sociopaths and uh, what kind of unique issues they bring to your office or, or well, for that when, matter, people who are living with them and having to deal with them. Yes, exactly. I, I will deal with mostly the people that are, have, as you say, having to live with them, but you, very rarely I may get a um, somebody that has psychopathic tendencies or maybe even an all singing and dancing diagnosis and you will, or the, or the NPD, the narcissistic personality disorder as well. So their traits the, you know, the traits of a psychopath will be, you know, that sense of lack of empathy that, you know, goes without saying grandiosity. And it's that bit of them that is missing that this is the difference between the, the psychopath or the sociopath and the narcissist. There's that little bit of their brain that is missing their function that gives them the ability to empathize with somebody to understand what it would be like to be in somebody else's shoes and it also um, promotes a, a, an impulsivity as well which a lot of psychopaths have and it's often we, we talk about the difference between psychopaths and sociopaths and the way I like to think about it is a, a psychopath is almost like your cool head your typical one that you may say in a, in a film or a, a tv series they're the ones that sit in the shadows and they just work out what they're going to do and then they're going to do it whereas the psychopath is much more impulsive and i think this is where we get that distinction when we talk about the antisocial personality disorder yeah 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 the sociopath uh, I, I tend to see them as being the more charming and uh um effusive uh, kind of an individual like you say the the psychopath is the one that's just kind of lurking in the in the shadows if you will yeah, yeah. Um, and and they're, they're very dangerous individuals because they don't 
care. <laughs> the bottom line is they don't care. They don't, you know, they, they, they care little about themselves to, to a point, but they care nothing about anybody else. What are some of the unique situations that this creates when you are in contact with them? Let, let's suppose that you have someone in your family that has more of that sociopathic or even the psychopathic mm -hmm. inclination. Uh, what kind of unique circumstances or problems does this generate? I think from the, the you know, the persons that, you know, say the patients, the, the, the client's point of view is that they will spend an awful lot of their time and their lives trying to get that person. Now, it may be a parent, it may be a sibling to care. Can you just not see it from my point of view? And uh, uh, my point of view and on paper, of course, they can see it from your point of view, but they choose not to. If it doesn't affect them in any way whatsoever, they're not going to adopt your morals, your thoughts, your hurts, your feelings or anything, because to them, it just doesn't matter. Are you a function to me? Are you a tool to me? Do I get, you know, do I get further in my life because I'm using you? Ah, it doesn't matter. As long as I get to where I want to get and I get what I want to get, I don't care what I do. And you could be my, my child. You could be my brother. I don't care as long as I get what I want. And I think a lot of people have a huge amount of problem understanding that because we're all nice human beings generally. And we see what life's like from, you know, somebody else's point of view. Yeah, I, I kind of say this tongue in cheek, but not really. I, it's it's actually a problem. When I work with individuals who are connected in some way with that sociopathic person, I say, well, you realize your problem is you don't think like a sociopath. Uh, <laughs> you want to you want to just assume, well, I know I'm going to be friendly to you or I'm going to try to yeah. know you from your vantage point. I, therefore, I assume you would do the same in reverse. But what you're saying is you, you can't afford to go in that space. No, no, no. And they and they won't. And, and, and you can think of the, you know, history's greatest psychopaths, you know, any dictator, any leadership you can think of, you know, back in, in, you know, in the annals of history, if you like. And they had a plan for themselves. And no matter what got in the way or who got in the way, they were going to, you know, Napoleon, let's think about him as a perfect example. What he wanted, he would get. And he just went ahead and did it. And nobody was going to get in that man's way, regardless of the carnage and the upset that he may have caused. Now, I'm going way back into history because I don't want to kind of get too up to date and to use too many, you know, up-to-date examples because we don't want to get into difficulty here but the psychopath the sociopath will just drive through you know say we had a, a, a bunch of people standing on a pavement on a, a sidewalk and the side you know psychopath wanted to get to the point beyond them he would just go straight through them be it on foot on a motorbike in a car because i want to get there it's, it's almost as though you just don't exist Yes. In my way of thinking, I, I, I want to run through some of the common ingredients that we see. And I, I want to hear some of your comments on this. We mentioned you mentioned that uh, the, the sociopath, psychopath uh, has no sense of empathy. Um, they do have one real strong desire, and that is and you've, you've alluded to it already to, to manipulate. Uh, yes. Talk to us about the uh, the manipulation style and their willingness to exploit and use individuals. Uh, wh yeah. What are some of their 
for lack of a better way well, to put it, favorite tactics in that category? I think they would do a, a lot of, you know, we're often talking about, you know, quite intelligent people here. So they will do a lot of assessment first. They will work out what it is I've got to do to get what I want and who I've got to use to get to that point. And they can be, you know, one of the um, characteristics of a psychopath sociopath is superficial charm and learned behavior. What have I got to do to get you on my side? What have I got to do for you to trust me? This is what we'll often hear. And, you know, they won't think twice about taking everybody's money. They won't think twice about taking people's reputations. They won't think twice about, in some cases, some terrible cases, they won't think twice about taking somebody's life. And I think the reason they do it is because they feel so little themselves, genuinely feel so little themselves, that when they get that opportunity to just have that tiny little thrill they want to repeat it over and over. And this is why you have situations where psychopaths will just move round from person to person to person. They will pick their targets very carefully. And in these days of online dating and social media, the world is their oyster. Mm. Well, and uh, what, it also, what I'm hearing you also imply is that there's a lot of impulsivity then, because yes. they, don't, they don't have what I refer to as future thinking. You know, where's this going? But it's yeah, just all about and, and right that's very now. much the characteristic more of the sociopath. The impulsivity is more of the sociopath, though it's it's, it's very you know it's a characteristic of the psychopath, but it's it's more prevalent with people that are have sociopaths. Now the difference between say a psychopath, a nice simple difference between a, a psychopath and a sociopath is think about your broadband connection, your internet connection. With the psychopath, nothing, nothing at all. There is no signal whatsoever. But with the sociopath. Just ever so often, you might just get that indication of a signal. And that is because often a sociopath has been born into that situation. It's a learnt behaviour rather than a purely um, organic brain function or lack of behaviour, which is the psychopath. So that's the slight difference. And that's why just on the very rare occasions you may get a sociopath that can just about see it from somebody else's point of view. Yeah. But not still still not care that much. Yeah, they but get not so, care as much. They as they the get so habituated in their um manipulative mindset that uh, like you say it's even if they have it they go straight back to the old style. So another thing then that's implied in all that you're saying Dr. McCartney is that um there, there's no moral code. Uh their no, sense of morality no moral code is, at all. And Pathological lying is another absolute um, hallmark of a psychopath. They will think nothing, you know, whatever it is they want. And often psychopaths don't have huge amounts of money. They're, they're strange little creature because they can make money if they just applied themselves. But that would, might involve living in the normal world, doing the normal things, going to work, getting paid for that. And they think this is where their narcissistic traits come in, their sense of grandiosity that they have. They think that they are better than that. And hey, I'll just kind of do whatever it is I want to do. And I will manipulate people, you know, that we just talked about, because that, again, just gives them that certain amount of thrill of doing that as well. And, and it's that thrill that I always think with the psychopaths that they feel so little that they want to hold on to. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just strikes me, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that, that they're not team players, are they? It's like, no, I'm, they're, they're, a lot of times they're just their own lone wolf, so to speak. Um, no, okay. no, they, they'll be team players if it suits them and say, we can think about 
dozens of politicians that this 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 suit of you so you know on both sides of the atlantic shall we say there'll mm. be team players if it suits them but when you know push comes to shove it's them and them alone that is the most important person as far as they're concerned okay so i'm sure in your practice i know in mine i've had so many cases where somebody will come in and they're crying their eyes out or they're just exasperated because they found out that a certain person that they had been connected to has been lying to them for years, maybe, or there's been some sort of hidden uh, element that, uh, you know, with um, uh, money laundering or things like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and just the, the willingness to cheat or shove your grandmother aside to get whatever you want. And then they come in and they'll say, how did I, how was I so duped? Yeah. How did I get and, somehow and connected thing, to that person? Absolutely. And the first thing they want to do is kind of blame themselves for not seeing it. And that's part of the work that the likes of you and I do, which is if somebody is so manipulative and so, um, what's the word I'm going to give you, you know, versed in their, their lying, their manipulation, their hiding, their willing, as you say, to throw whoever, you know, granny under the bus, if that suits them, they're going to hide everything and they'll often leave that person high and dry. They'll be the ones that didn't realize what they were signing. And they're the ones that have, have become liable for all of the debts. I've had people that have lost houses. They've lost jobs. They've lost members of their family because psychopaths won't think twice about getting money out of extended family. Yeah. And they're the ones that are, are, are expected to, to pick up all the pieces when the psychopaths kind of oh. trotting down the road quite happily. You mentioned money. Uh, that's a big deal to a lot of them, isn't it? It is because they're not very good at holding on to it. Yeah, you, you hear about them making a large amount of money and then losing a large amount of money, and the whole time they're just laughing anyway. Uh, yeah. I've, I've I've spoken with people. It's like, well, uh, my husband left me, and I wound up having a four hundred thousand dollar debt to the Internal Revenue Service, and I had yeah. no idea what was going on because they said everything was taken care of, but it wasn't. I mean the the, the possibilities there are just, it can be tragic. Yes. And, and often in a family situation, you'll have a situation where you may have the, you know, we'll talk about the archetypal here. You, you'll have the, the husband that's doing all the nefarious activities and building up all the debt and everything. And you'll have the wife build, you know, doing the family stuff. And he may come along and say, oh, just sign this. It's a little bit of life insurance or just sign this. It's just to do with my lease on my business or something. But it's not. It's something that's making her 100% liable for all of his debts and all of his shenanigans. You know, I, I know we have people in our audience and, and I've, I've spoken to a lot of those folks who had that exact same thing happen. And it's like, yeah, it happened to me. And, and we have to remind ourselves, again, the, the problem that you have is you don't think like the sociopath and they know that just like you mentioned. And so it's like, I can make this work. Absolutely. Yes. And this is why you, you rarely see two narcissists together. You're certainly not going to see unless it's in a prison. You're not going to see two <laughs> sociopaths together. Okay. So, so they, and yeah, there's they another will just very, very carefully pick the person that they know that they can manipulate and it might be through 
age, it might be through their culture, it might be through desperation in some cases, but they will pick the person that they can actually know that they can manipulate and get what they want out of that person at the time. Now, what I find fascinating as well with some psychopaths is they think they know what they want, such as to have, um, you know, we've got a case going on at the moment in the UK where this, this chap went around telling everybody that he ha was infertile, um, or he had a vasectomy, et cetera, et cetera. It turns out he's had something like 40 children. But in some cases, he was happy with that. But in other cases, he was really hostile and angry with the person. Yeah. In, in, in other words, they carry a lot of their own chaos. Oh, totally. On yeah, they, they, they have it on the inside. They project it to a point to the outside. But I think unlike narcissists who it, it kind of projects onto other people, sociopaths and psychopaths are very good at kind of just burying it, especially the psychopath. I just bury it because actually that's a feeling. And remember, I don't do feelings. I'd like for you to be aware of my video courses one of them is entitled Free to Be, Finding Yourself Despite the Controllers in Your Life. Now, inside this course are various modules, and inside each module, it breaks down into various lessons with a video, teaching documents, and then also questions that go along with it. For example, inside Free to Be, you'll learn how controllers want to invite you into their games, but then you'll also learn about the seven principles of freedom, how to develop self-trust, and much more. Now, if you are interested in enrolling in the classes, you could go to our survivingnarcissism.tv website, click the link for courses, and you'll find that one and others. And I hope that you would find them to be quite therapeutic. And now back to Surviving Narcissism with Dr. Carter. Wow. Okay. This is just fascinating. Now, th there's another element that, and I know that you've dealt with that, particularly in the interpersonal, it, it doesn't take much to access that person's anger. No, uh, the, these people, uh, actually, actually they can be a walking time bomb at times. Uh, now, like you say, the psychopath that, that has just that real stoic approach, uh, they, they don't show it, but, uh, there's basically I, I, the way I would say their anger is, is shown is just through a, a deep contempt toward other individuals, whereas uh, others can be the bully or very forceful and pushy and loud and brash. Talk to us a little bit about the, the anger styles that you see. Yes, well, you might get that kind of festering anger, and but you know it's there. You know, if you're in a relationship, whatever relationship, whether you're a child of a psychopath or, you know, you're married to one or one's a sibling or one's an aunt or, or whatever, you know that there is that kind of festering anger that will take nothing to explode and they know that as well and that's their kind of to them that's like their superpower i control you by your fear and and if you were to even suggest that you are fearful to me that again would be another trigger point so you don't even go there you're in this kind of merry-go-round of not even being able to approach the person to see if they could modify or change their behavior because that'll be the thing that sets them off as well and this explosive anger. So wow. yeah, no, anger is a big control factor with psychopaths. Now, okay, you and I both are in the uh, the, the people profession. Uh, in fact, we were talking uh, off uh, off the uh, the mic just a few minutes before we started here, and and both of us recognize, you know, isn't it wonderful when you have the the willingness and the capability of saying to someone else, 
I'd like to make your life a little bit better because of my presence in that life. And I don't suppose that that sociopathic individual ever even thinks that. They, they think the opposite. You can make my life better, at least for uh, a while. But yeah. the, uh, And it goes back to that lack of empathy. It just doesn't exist, does it? It doesn't. No, no. And the, you know, the brain scans they've done just shows that this, this bit that kind of controls the empathy just does not exist at all. Whereas, you know, they, as you and I, we how can we make somebody's life a little bit better? How can we just ease somebody's burden if they're in trouble or, or difficulty or anything? No matter how small that might be. But a psychopath's biggest word in the world is what? You know, what do you expect me to do? I don't care. What? what? You know, as they're walking away from the chaos, they'll look behind their shoulder and kind of just go, what? Isn't that amazing? Now, it's it's important for us to, to pick up on what you're saying, because so many people who have a normal approach toward life will say, well, maybe I just, I didn't handle myself very well, or uh, maybe if I had been more of this or less of that, and they, they take too much responsibility for how the relationship plays out, but mm -hmm. it's really not on anyone except no, no, no. that individual who just doesn't do relationships with well, it. They're, they're no, broken no, people. Absolutely. And the only learning that they would have is, right, uh, there was a little bit of difficulty with that one. I wasn't able to, you know, literally get out of town quick enough. Somebody was, you know, after me. I'd left a, a forwarding address or, or whatever. That is the only learning that they would take, not the learning of how can I be a better person? That's that's just not in the psychopath's dictionary yeah. in any way, shape or form. It's other people that have to be the better person for me. And Again, how can I teach them? Maybe I take learning from a previous relationship and I put it on to the next one. How many of these individuals would you say had their own exposure to very inappropriate people and circumstances prior to their adult years? Some, and probably we could say the slightly the majority but not all of them it's not a blame thing you we have you know well-known people that i can think of you know from sort of like a, a, a crime perspective who have had relatively normal upbringings it's not been perfect but who's whose upbringing is perfect and other people have been exposed to exactly the same you know siblings have been exposed to exactly the same upbringing but they didn't have the psychopathic traits that others have but yes there is a, a role to play in somebody's background we can't take that away so yeah i think you know, and again it uh, do you behave in a way that is psychopathic because of fear fear of being ostracized by the group if you like if there's a family that are like this or do you do it because actually it gets you to the top of the pile and you get to behave in the way that that chief psychopath did say in the family so th there's a real important distinction in what you're saying, and that is uh, much of this is, is it, would you call it a brain disease? It's not a disease. It's, I think when it comes to the psychopath, it's set. It's, it's you know, we, we often talk about nature nurture, and this is very much, a psychopath is very much nature. Sociopaths, narcissists, et cetera, they come more on the sort of like the nurture side of things, but there's probably a propensity for that psychopathy to land with them and stay with them and yeah from an early age I've got what I want now you think about youngsters toddlers if you like that have learned to manipulate their parents because 
if you don't give me what I want, I'm just going to have a massive, great big tantrum and you're going to have to deal with that. And they never learn to tolerate. I know this is one of your favourite phrases. They never learn to tolerate disappointment. They never learn to tolerate rejection if they, you know, if they have a relationship that breaks up or if they don't do very well in tests or, or, or whatever or get a job or they never learn to tolerate. And then they externalize it with the psychopaths, with the sociopath, with the narcissist. Everything is externalized. And if they've got somebody on the other side willing to take that, they're in their happy place. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you a question and I already can guess what your answer is going to be, but I want to see if we can take it beyond that. Do these individuals know that they're broken? Psychopaths potentially, but again, we come back to that same thing, which is, I don't care. And that's exactly what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's a little bit with maybe the sociopath with it and the narcissist that maybe that, you know, because they're very, especially narcissists, they're very shame driven, aren't they? That we know that there's that fragile little core, that ego inside them that's just waiting to kind of deflate or inflate any, you know, even just by the look of somebody that they passed in the street. But they care. But it's tiny. It's a tiny amount. Yeah. yeah. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is I just wonder how many people who are associated with these will try to get them to have insight or to get them to care. It's yes, like, don't of, you of understand that what, you know, what you're doing is this and, and uh, you might as well just go bang your head against a brick wall because that, you're not going to get there. Yes, exactly. And that's often a phrase that I use in my therapy. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tap the wall and say, well, this is a, you know, this is a brick wall. And you might as well just bang, literally bang your head against you'll, you'll it. You're results. not going to get that person to change. Yeah. And we have to change. You have to change your behavior. And, and that might mean, and I've had this and you probably had this as well. Somebody having to end a relationship now, not necessarily a romantic relationship. It might be a family relationship. It might be a friendship relationship. But it's not healthy for them because they will just go round and round in circles and they'll get breadcrumbed by the narcissist psychopath to say, no, I'm not ready to move on from you yet. So I'm going to keep you until I am. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to kind of have my revenge on you as well, because you dared to kind of think about breaking up with me before I was ready. So I'll get you into that point and I'll damage you as well, because they very much come from the background of you're either um, a victim or a victor and they're not going to be anybody's victim. So I have to be the victor of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. They, they can even actually convince themselves that you're trying to make them the victim. And it's kind of like, well, I'll show you. Uh, so yes. yeah. my, my wife and I were, uh, were talking about just very recently about uh, a, a certain individual that's been very difficult and it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, what kind of efforts did you make to get through to that person or to get them to, to see the light? And so to your point, what we have to do is just kind of pull back and say, well, if there's going to be any change, A, it's not going to be in the person. So it has to be in the relationship. And uh, that's going to start with me making my adjustments. So uh, in, in the time that we have left here, as, as you think about that person who has been negatively impacted, what what words of hope would you give to them in terms of how to get away from all of the damage that might be there? Yeah, well, I, I came up with a bit of an acronym um, 
a, a while ago about I'd say to people don't go there you know it's the expression isn't it don't go there with them don't go there with them and thinking about it you know you know don't take personally the tea of there don't take it personally because it's very tempting to when somebody's screaming in your yeah, face going, well i'm the one that's, that's on the receiving end of it absolutely and just try and hard and don't take personally don't try and um haggle the h of, of there with a you know don't try and come to some arrangement or anything or you know think that they're going to you know think of things from your point of view because again you're just wasting your time don't engage with them as, as as much as possible really try and just think okay take that step back and often people will say but I'm in a relationship I can't you know sometimes we just have to take that kind of mental step back from them and that can be useful take a breath drop the shoulders don't react to them really hard it's really hard because if they're baiting you endlessly because they want that little thrill of you blowing up and then them turning around and saying you're the potty one you're the mad one so try not to react to them and again you don't have to explain yourself like your circumstances you know you've tried your hardest you and your wife have tried your hardest but you 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 know you've got you've reached the end of that road but you don't necessarily have to explain it you said something that um, if somebody were in my office, I, I would want to stop them and say, wait a minute. And it was the phrase, but I'm in a relationship with that person. And my response would be, no, you're not. <laughs> it, it's it's a transaction. Yeah. That's it. And, and, and I guess in order for us to get beyond the uh, the damage is we, we have to be honest about what we're dealing with. And again, uh, we're wanting to superimpose normalcy on an abnormal situation. Mm -hmm. And that's that can be very saddening to have to come oh. to that determination. I, I'm, ju yeah. I'm just little more than a transaction. Yes, yes, because that you, you, you then have the danger. This is where we're there to uh, hopefully catch them or get them to be in a position where they've got people around them that support them. That's they don't then dive down emotionally because actually I've just been this person's transaction for five months, five years, 50 years in some cases. And what do I do? What do I think about me because of that? So I think this is where it's really important to keep watching, you know, videos like yours and mine, you know, this social media, the stuff, there's plenty of people out there, strangers, across you know the rest of the world that will want to give you support for what what you are and what you've been through just so as long as you just look for it as well don't kind of internalize what the psychopath the narcissist has just projected onto you even as they're just walking out of the door um one of the things that tends to happen when you have this ongoing engagement with that sociopathic person is you begin thinking, who would believe me? Uh, because, yes. you know, they can be so friendly in other uh, kind of places. And it's like, well, am I, am I the crazy one? And, and so, absolutely. To, and, and that's a, a, a well-worn tactic, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm outside. I'm just so marvelous. I'm so, do you know, but what's interesting, and I've seen this in many, many situations, you will have a group of people and everybody just kind of believes, if you like, in inverted commas, the, the, the psychopath. Oh, aren't they a great person? Oh, aren't they dad of the year? She's a marvellous mother. She's a great friend, et cetera, et cetera. But within that group, they're very apt at spotting the one or two people that don't buy it. And they can 
they can be quite hostile towards them. They can be quite negative towards them or they can completely blank them. And I've seen that in many group situations over the years. Uh, it it uh, crosses my mind as I'm listening to you talk. You, you have a passion for what you're doing, don't you? And, okay. and you know, yeah, like, like most of us in this uh, field of work that we do, uh, we're, we're usually working with the individuals who are trying to figure it out. And, and so one of the things we'll say to our audience, if you're dealing with something like this, make sure that you don't isolate Make sure that you are connected with people who actually do understand, you know, love or empathy or kindness or, uh, you know, coordination and yeah. uh, get therapy if necessary. Absolutely. And, and, and be kind to yourself. It, and it's so easy to carry on, even though the, you know, the, the, the person that's caused you all this pain has long gone. It's so easy to have their voice in your head that familiar feeling that you are worthless and useless as far as they were concerned and you didn't give them what they wanted. So that's what you are to them, but know who you are. And I always say to people in a therapy session, this is one of my favorite phrases I say to people, I'm not calling you childish, but I don't want you to be childlike. So be the adult. And that amazingly, you know, people will come back to me and they'll say, yeah, I heard your voice in my head when I was having this discussion. And it's because it's so easy to get into a childlike state, you know, that wounded child. Just kind of, absolutely. You know, they just kind of want to roll themselves up in a ball and just hope it goes away. But we're adults, we have responsibilities and that probably doesn't help anybody. And that's probably where, you know, as we were talking about sort of like environmental factors, where a lot of these damaged people come from that just carry on damaging other people. Yeah. Yeah. They're very broken. So, well, you speak with such compassion and, uh, and, and I, I so want to thank you for being on the program with us here today. Uh, I, I hope this is not the last time you and I are able to talk about this. No, no, I, I'd be happy to talk to you anytime. Dr. Lev. Well, and it, it's such a necessary topic for us as well. So, uh, uh, Dr. Jane McCartney, thank you so much for being our guest with us today. And you, you brought a great deal of insight and wisdom to this topic. And, and again, let's, let's reinforce, um, get help. Don't, don't isolate because, uh, absolutely. Yeah, what they the want to do is they want to fill the themselves one tactic with... of, of, of a psychopath of a narcissist i isolate your victim if, even if you can't access somebody because you've burnt those bridges because of the relationships you've had there's stuff out there this is the joys of online there are groups out there there are people out there that know what you're talking about so just even if it's just observing just go and have a look at what other people have to say about the situation so true Hey, uh, Team Healthy, uh, we're, we're here with Dr. Jane McCartney. Uh, look her up on YouTube, and uh, you have a, a major presence on Instagram too, don't you? I do, yes, yes. If we just look up Dr. Jane McCartney, I, you'll, you should hopefully find me. So, yeah, I've got there you know, go. I really, really enjoy doing that. Okay. Thanks so much for being with us, and Team Healthy, I'll see you guys next time. We'll have more, uh, hopefully, uh, stimulating conversations like this, and uh, I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, Dr. McCartney. Bye. Thank you for listening. Surviving Narcissism is the product of many years of work done by Dr. Les Carter. Dr. Carter is a best-selling author and therapist with more than 40 years of experience, specializing in anger management and narcissistic personality disorder. You can find more content from Dr. Carter on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Surviving Narcissism, 
as well as on his website, survivingnarcissism.tv. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We are so glad to have you on Team Healthy.